0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. This is post-game after the Hawks. Unfortunately, are now on a two-game skid after being on a five-game winning streak. They have now lost two in a row. They lose tonight in Chicago, 111-100. They were undermanned tonight, however. Right before tip-off, Okongwu was ruled out with a hamstring injury. And DeAndre Hunter was ruled out with complications due to asthma and with the Hawks down a player who I said in the last podcast the last 10 games have been averaging 18 points a game being down him being down a Congo who is a force on the boards can score for you defend it was going to be tough sledding and the Hawks did not make it easy on themselves tonight when you have 13 turnovers in the first half, you're destined to lose the ball game. You are. And they ended with 19 turnovers, and the Bulls scored 25 points off those turnovers. Just imagine if they had 13, 14 turnovers and cut some of those points. That could have been a difference in the ball game. Because when you look at the other stats, they were only out-rebounded by four which the Bulls are not a great rebounding team, but being down a Kongwu and Hunter who have been active on the glass, you need for other people to jump in. And that was not the case tonight. And you shoot 63% from the free throw line, which is well below your season average. The Hawks are around an 80% free throw shooting team, and you miss seven free throws. You make a few more free throws here and there, look, difference in the ball game. They shot around 46% from the floor, same as the Bulls, but the Bulls got 10 more shots off, which can be attributed to the turnovers and fast break points, which the Bulls outscored the Hawks 16-9 in the fast break category. So it was going to be an uphill battle already, but the Hawks did not do themselves any favors. At all, it was a defensive struggle most of the game. Chicago did score 40 points in the second quarter, which was definitely the worst quarter of the game for the Hawks and put them behind the eight ball, put them behind by nine at the half. Hawks had a better third quarter getting stops, executing inside out game. Some shots started falling, and they outscored the Bulls, you know, 30 to 21 going into the fourth quarter a tie ball game, but then an 11-4 to run to start the fourth quarter from the Bulls pretty much put the game away for the Hawks, and it was the lack of ball movement in the second half, the turnovers, the missed free throws, and just their inability to get stops, even though they held the Bulls to 111 points, which is a win. That's below their uh, season average as far as opponent's points per game, but Not moving the ball as much on the offensive end. Turnovers and not making enough free throws. Pretty much did the Hawks away. They had to play damn near perfect tonight to make sure that they had a chance to stay in this game with the offensive firepower that is Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Which, funny, when you look at the the stats, they got it going later in the game. I mean, they were... Really good, especially in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter. DeMar DeRozan ended with 26 points, 6 assists, 3 steals. Zach Levine ended up with 20 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. They got 14 from Vucevic. He also had 17 rebounds and 7 assists. So this was the best game that Vucevic has had against the Hawks this year. I mentioned Patrick Williams, who is one of the better three-point shooters on the team. For the Bulls, and he only had two three-pointers, but ended up with 18 points in total and added 10 rebounds, two assists, and one steal. And they also got some good bench production. Caruso gave him 12 points off the bench, knocked down two three-pointers, had three steals, two assists, one block. Kobe White had 10 points off the bench. Drummond only gave him four off the bench, and Derrick Jones Jr., who had a really good game the last game in Miami, Ended with five points for the Hawks side of things. It was another good offensive game from DeJounte Murray. He ended with 20 points, had seven rebounds, four assists, and only two turnovers. Trey Young had 21 points. He led the team in points tonight. He shot seven to 16 from the floor, struggled from three. Was 0-5 there. He was 7-10 to 10 from the free throw line. He uncharacteristically missed three free throw attempts tonight. Had 13 assists, three rebounds, but did have six turnovers tonight. Although he had the second highest plus minus on the team behind Aaron Holiday, who came off the bench for the Hawks. Clint Capella had a solid game, 16 points, 12 rebounds, two steals, two blocks. 11 points, 9 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block for John Collins off the bench. A.J. Griffin gave them 11 points. Frank Kaminsky, 2. 3 from Jalen Johnson in 15 minutes, but he did have 6 rebounds. 5 from Aaron Holiday off the bench. Bogey shooting well was continued, but got it going behind the 3-ball tonight. Hit 3 of them tonight, first time in a while. Uh, but was 4 of 12 from the floor, ended with 11 points, and was the second lowest in plus minus on the team tonight. He was right in front of DeJounte Murray, who had the worst plus minus on the team tonight. So it was just not enough team ball tonight. Even though 24 assists, 13 of them from Trey Young, 4 and 4 from Murray. So that's. If you're doing math, 21 of your 24 assists came from the three guys who you expect to get assists out for the team. And they combined them three four, ten 10 of your 18 turnovers tonight. So certainly you got to take care of the ball. You can't let the Bulls go out on transition, which you did. I said they needed to rebound. They lost the rebounding margin. I didn't even mention free throws because the Hawks are really a good free throw shooting team. And you missed seven free throws tonight, which is really uncharacteristic. They miss usually three or four, if that. So Hawks, it was going to be tough sledding regardless. Losing Hunter in a Congo right at tip off. But you have to play a clean game especially on the road in a hostile environment against a Bulls team who I said they were playing 500 ball coming into tonight's game, but they have now won 11 of their last 17 games. So they're certainly trending in the right direction, as are the Hawks. Uh, But now the Hawks are sitting at 24 and 24. They're back to 500 with them traveling to Oklahoma City probably tonight and taking on a Thunder team who Is playing with a lot of confidence as well. So. I'm going to. We're going to take a quick break here. But there's some things that we need to talk about. Overarching. Surrounding this Hawks team. And how these next. Two weeks are pivotal. For the Hawks going forward. So. We'll be right back after this quick plug. Okay listeners. It's time to talk a little. Fantasy hoops. Now. I don't know about you, I'm in several fantasy leagues, and every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary, and I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges? Before any other rank list, I know which one. It's the Brewski's 150, and you probably turn those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to SportsEthos.com. And click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues, beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, we are back. As I said, the Hawks will be traveling down to Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder Wednesday night. Right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder are currently twenty-three and twenty-four. They are eleventh in the Western Conference, right outside of the tenth spot for the plan. But right now, they're virtually log jam because right now, between the eighth seed and the uh, 12th seed, which is the Lakers right now. They are all just either half a game or a game and a half behind the Suns at seven. And they're all within two games of the six seed, Clippers. So certainly it is more of a log jam out West than it is here in the Eastern conference for the Hawks. So, the Thunder are certainly going to be, I mean, they're a, a really, really good team. They're playing very well, especially for how young they are. And the future is really bright in Oklahoma City. The last 10 games, they're 7-3, and three, so they're playing as well as anybody out West when you're looking at the last 10 games. And actually, they are tied for, as far as the last 10 games, the third best record in the Western Conference right now. So this is... Not your typical Thunder team, so this is, and this is a team that's beat Atlanta earlier this year, so this is not going to be a cakewalk for the Atlanta Hawks. So they certainly have to hope that Akong Wu is healthy, but most importantly, that DeAndre Hunter is okay and he's healthy enough to play on Wednesday night because adding a guy who's been averaging. 15 points per game this year and like I said over the last 10 games averaging about 18 a game is certainly going to be a boost offensively in floor spacing wise for this team and like I said the Hawks lost the last game against the Thunder 121-114 here in Atlanta and it was a game in which Shea Gilgis Alexander scored 35 points the Hawks as a team Didn't shoot terribly from the four, 43%. So not the greatest, but could be much worse. They out-rebounded the Thunder. But it was another game where turnovers killed them. 18 turnovers in that first matchup versus the Thunder. That led to 19 Thunder points. So you got to take care of the ball. You have to take care of the ball. And that is something that the Hawks normally do. And recently, it's been really uncharacteristic that this Hawks team has just been turning the ball over so much. And I think they're getting maybe a little overconfident after that five-game winning streak, thinking that things are, you know, fixed and, you know, we're in a rhythm and all this stuff. But you got to execute. And it came down to, in the fourth quarter tonight against the Bulls, executing in that fourth quarter, which they did not. You did everything you you could to claw back in that third quarter to come back and tie the game up after being down nine at the half. And you just kind of squandered it away in the first four or five minutes with that 11-4 to four run from the Bulls. You weren't getting stops. You weren't moving the ball on offense. It was more a hero ball and not that team basketball that the Hawks had been playing in the winning streak. And now you're staring at two games – down in a row instead of, you know, winning that game in Charlotte and then maybe dropping this contest. So you feel a little bit better beating Charlotte and losing tonight. But the trade deadline is quickly approaching for the entire league. And it is basically time for decisions to be made. For the Hawks, if there are going to be moves to be made prior to the trade deadline from my sources, I hear there's a lot of smoke, but maybe not a lot of fire behind that smoke, because there's these log jams in the Eastern Western Conference teams are more reluctant to make a move because they still think they have an opportunity to sneak into a playing game opportunity to get into the playoffs so I don't know how gung-ho people will be to really pull the trigger and make moves but certainly the rumblings are there for the Hawks to make a move as I said on a previous episode from sources closest to the team John Collins, Bogey, and Justin Holliday are the three trade pieces that they are dangling in front of teams right now and with and looking at the schedule ahead, I said we we're gonna we, last episode we we're gonna look ahead to the schedule as far as the West Coast road trip. I'm not gonna dive deep into that actual road trip, I'm gonna talk more as far as the importance of what these next two weeks are for the Atlanta Hawks. And for those of you who are not privy to you know dates and scheduling here. As far as for the NBA season, as far as trade deadline goes, the trade deadline is coming slowly but surely. So February is going to be the time where you're going to hear more and more rumors and see potential trades starting to happen. And in my sources and in my gut as well is telling me the closer we get to. February basically the Super Bowl. The closer to the Super Bowl, we're going to start hearing more and more rumblings of trades and season trades, you know, happen. And it's interesting. A source close to the team thinks and this is just their gut feeling is that that West Coast road trip May determine whether John Collins gets traded or not. And potentially, if he does not get moved, they may be moving Justin Holiday to try to duck the luxury tax. Those are some of the things that this leadership is pondering right now. So these next, I want to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. These next seven games, and most of them are going to be on the road, are going to be very, very telling as far as what is to happen. Because regardless if John Collins moves or not, there are people close to the team that think that J- Justin Holliday will be moved, regardless to try to duck the luxury tax. And if you notice, he has not been playing a lot lately, so... I'm not reading into that necessarily. They may be shelving him. Who knows? Only time will tell. But and you would have thought that with Hunter out and a out, that this may be a game that Justin Holiday plays, and he did not play in tonight's game, which makes you wonder. Hmm, they are really looking to trade him. Bogey is a trade piece as well. Um, His struggles are well-documented, staying healthy and being a streaky shooter and whatnot. And then obviously John Collins, who is open to going to a new team. And the team has allowed him to shop on his own behalf. And, you know, there's a player that may be ready to see John Collins go out the door. I will not say the name of the player. On this podcast, but certainly these next seven, eight games will be very telling as to if John Collins will be moved. And as I said, they're going to take on Oklahoma City Wednesday night. They take on the Clippers at home Saturday. And then after that, they start the West Coast road trip. They start up in Portland. That'll be an NBA TV game next Monday. They take on the Phoenix Suns in a midweek ESPN game. And that's interesting because of Jay Crowder and the links of the Hawks in Jay Crowder and the Suns. And you're going to be in Phoenix to potentially meet with executives. And I'll be curious to hear if any executives go on this West Coast road trip with the team, just like they did on the previous West Coast road trip. So something to look at. But... You you go to Phoenix, and you've been linked with them with Jay Crowder. You're going to Utah after that, who you've been linked with as far as Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, and maybe try to get a deal done in Utah. That'll be next Friday. Then you go to Denver, which there's no active trade talks with Denver right now. You go to New Orleans after that, and then come back February 9th. That's a Thursday, and take on the Phoenix Suns here at the State Farm Arena. So, a lot of games out West, and you would probably want to trade John Collins to a Western Conference team if you're Atlanta. Depending on how you view John Collins, if you see him as a threat, and you don't want to see him three, four times a year, relegating him to the Western Conference where you only see him twice a year, once here in Atlanta, may be the best case scenario. But you're meeting with a lot of you have a potential meeting with a lot of teams out west on that road trip. So that's a very interesting timing leading up to the NBA trade deadline, which ironically is on that Thursday, February 9th, when they're back in Atlanta to take on the Suns. So these next two and a half weeks are going to be, you're going to hear a lot more rumors. You're going to hear, see a lot more news. You're going to see some trades Potentially finally going around the league and from what I'm told, expect the Hawks to be invested in making a move to get John Collins off of the roster. Not because they don't value John Collins, just to give him a change of scenery and to appease the status quo, if you would like to say. So it will be very interesting to see the news that comes out and how the Hawks play. These, I'm interested to see how these Hawks perform. They dropped the contest tonight. You have to rebound against the Oklahoma City Thunder Wednesday night. It will be a tough matchup in OKC. I expect Trey to play much better than he did tonight. Being back home in the Oklahoma City area, being from Norman, Oklahoma, where the University of Oklahoma is and then you come back, play a home game against a Clippers team who you've beaten already. Maybe you feel a little bit better coming home, getting some rest. Like I said, you played the Thunder on Wednesday. You don't play the Clippers till Saturday. Get some rest, some practice, some film in. See if you can be more rejuvenated against the Clippers, and then you go out on that West Coast road trip for five straight games, and, you know, Rough it out. You got to rough it out, you know, with Portland, who can beat anyone any given night. Phoenix is playing a little bit better since Chris Paul is back, but certainly a team that is not performing like they were last year. Utah, on that cusp of are they going to tank or are they going to compete for a play-in spot, a team that you've already lost to. Denver, a team who you beat here in Atlanta, but certainly one of the better teams in the NBA and playing some of their best ball right now. They're arguably a top four team in the NBA right now. So that's going to be a very tough contest. And then New Orleans battling injuries. BI may be back. Should be back, I think, by then. Uh Zion may be back by then. Now be a TNT game. So we'll see how things shake out. But you really tonight's loss really Emphasize the fact that it hurt that they did not beat the Hornets because you feel a little bit better about things winning Saturday against the Hornets than losing to the Bulls because you're still a game above 500. Then, even if things still played out how they did tonight, you're a game above 500 instead of being at 500. You're going into OKC where you have some room for. Error, but certainly you want to go win that game and then win another game against the Clippers at home before going out west. There's not a lot of room for error. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of room for error because of that first half of the season for the Hawks. And someone asked me today on Twitter, how much blame does Nick McMillan get for the start for this Hawks team this year compared to last year? I said, and I told him point blank, With all that's going on behind the scenes, the turnover in the front office, the dynamic in the locker room with certain players and having to manage all that and being between a dysfunctional front office and budding personalities within your locker room for a roster that you're trying to manage, it's not as much blame as you think on Naaman Millen. I think Naaman Millen's being scapegoated. For a lot of the lack of maturity and growth as far as leadership is concerned in our star player, Trey Young. I think he is in maturity as far as being a game manager and, you know, trying to make it work with DeJounte Murray sooner rather than later. And I'm not saying that he was resistant to it or or any of that, but trying to make it work earlier rather than later when now you're behind the eight ball you're pressing and every game is a huge game and a must win because you're so far behind the eight ball the hawks have put themselves in this position and a lot of it is been has been health you haven't been healthy there's been you know a lot of rumors and Non basketball related things swirling this team, and there's some things on the court that you can control, and Nathan Miller can control. Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, you know DeAndre Hunter, Bogey, Clint Capella, John Collins. Everyone has a has a hand in it, but when you're the star player making that much money, and you're the face of the franchise, more should fall on your shoulders. And I think a lot of people are placing some of the stuff that should be on Trey Young's shoulders and just plopping it on Nate McMillan because it's easier to fire him than to trade a large contract and a franchise player in Trey Young. And I'm not not saying trade Trey Young. I'm just saying that when you're talking about blame and you're not trying to evenly distribute it or you're trying to point the blame at one person, you got to kind of look at things from a bird's eye view and kind of, See all for what it is, and then you can finally see, okay, it's not just Naaman Millen. He has his he has his share. And I've and I've pointed at it in, in the show. But there's everyone who has a helping hand in this. And I think your owner, his son, Nate. And Trey Young, they all have a piece of the pie. And then there's others who have a little sliver right now as far as blame. And going back and looking at news and looking at the season and really looking at all the details for what has been going on, you can try to make an informed decision as far as who deserves how much blame. Because certainly Tony Wrestler deserves some blame And how he's been running this organization and running off Travis Schlank. But that's neither here nor there. So, big game Wednesday. Tough loss tonight. But let's see if they can turn things around and get a win in Oklahoma City before coming home for one quick game and then heading out west. And let's see. What materializes as trade deadline gets closer and closer? And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share them, tell everybody about one of the hottest new podcasts covering the Atlanta Hawks. Know the drill. Share with Atlanta sports fans, NBA basketball fans, Hawks fans, Georgia sports fans. It doesn't matter. You want to hear more about the Hawks? Tune in here to Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks and tell all of your friends, all your buddies, your co-workers, about this program. And then put them onto our Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jared67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T 67. We'll catch you guys next time. Let's go, Hawks. And again, very pivotal next two weeks leading up to the trade deadline. I'm gonna cover it all here at Ethos Hawks.